Episode 318 of Funny Book Forensics was recorded at Ocon in Omaha, Nebraska, actually Council Bluffs, Iowa. We have some audience interaction. Sometimes it's a little difficult to hear, and maybe the audio is a little bit different, but we wanted to give this live podcast a try. So we hope you enjoy this one, even if the audio quality is a little bit different than normal. And we're about to get right into the podcast, so I'll see you on the flip side. And why would you ever have Perez on the cover with digital on it? That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Are we, re- are we, I, I are just we starting hit record. I just now? started right. recording because... Well, this is a normal way we start the podcast. I mean, we just start Some, talking. So somebody hits it. record and then all of a Greg, sudden Dan you're supposed to, to let me know. I never let you know. Before sometimes, we're dropping historical bombs. Sometimes I hit the button, the sometimes point. I forget. And then like 20 minutes later, you're like, did you start recording? And I say no. And then we got to re-record a whole entire podcast. You're crushing me right now. I have crushed your soul. There's all sorts of things going on around us. We are at Ocon right now. We've got a puppet fight going on in the podcast room right in puppet front of us. Puppet fight in the podcast room. I'm not really room. sure what's going on, but what was brought to us, we had a wonderful, not even listener, mind you, new listener, listener as of right now. I'm not listening. We now have, i just like to share, we've got an audience here. Wait, we now have. This is so weird. We now have, officially, yes. we have four listeners. Four. We now officially have four do, do listeners. Do you count the puppets? That's that's two more. That listeners. is five. One, two. I can do math. That's five plus one is six. We now have officially six. And Iggy, that's our seven. host here at Ocon yeah, yeah. from Project Nerd. Yeah, so that means we now have had seven, seven listeners of the seven. podcast. Oh, my gosh. Ocon has helped us go from one to seven. That is wow. a seven times increase. This Incredible. is a record increase for this podcast. I, I, come and in. we're going down a listener now. Oh, oh, oh like it, was, it was happening. I thought, I, thought, I thought we were out. Well, I thought, I thought we scared them away. That's... <laughs> Well, I, I have promised Greg for uh, a long time that if one comic showed up to us that we would do it. Or, what would we do? I guess a comic from a comic yeah, series. That, yes. And what amazes me is that there, there's two facts that amaze me on this comic. There's a couple things I want to point out before we disclose to the listeners what this comic is. Uh, number one, this comic's value was 60 cents. This is what it was sold yeah, for. 60, 60 cents. cents. By the way, audience out there, 60 cents. As you can see, this comic out here was 60 cents. But on this inside cover, it looked like it was being sold for 50 cents. 10 cents less. So this comic book was so famous. So famous. That somebody wrote in pencil that it was sold for 50 cents after it was purchased for 60 cents. It decreased in value. Yeah. And, and, it, and you know, you didn't write in comics in pencil, like, maybe in the 80s. So this comic was published in 1983. So probably around, like, late 1983, yeah. somebody had marked it down to 50 cents. 50 cents. And so we're talking about one of the most valuable comic books of all time. All time. All time. But since we have the actual comic book today, instead of one of those awful scans, we have all our advertisements in here, too. Oh, my gosh. The best. This is actually the only reason I really, really love to read these comics with you, Dan. I think you just stopped recording. I did not stop recording. Oh, okay. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. See, this is what happens. No, just just leave. Don't touch the computer. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We Again, this is like the first time we've ever had an audience. And I, I know. And we don't even have equipment to like, it, you know, it'd be awesome if we had this cool setup where we could like put the comic down on the table and it like displayed the pages Behind up for everybody. Us, but we don't have but that. But we don't have that. No. What we have is a Dan. And we have so a Dan. <laughs> I can show you that we're doing US 1 number three. Number three. The rhyme of the ancient highwayman. And what we have oh my gosh. is a ridiculously nice Michael Golden cover. It so, is beautiful. And if you could just see this, like if you can just imagine 
We've got actually we don't know who he is yet. We don't. So we're gonna hold off because we didn't read issues one or two. No. And I can tell you with pretty <laughs> confidence. Cold. With confidence, we're probably not reading issues one and two. Oh, uh, we will. We will. Now that we read number three, we have to go back and read number one and you two. You know how much of a completist I am, and I still don't know if that's necessarily happening after reading this issue. Uh, it is. What I can tell you is we've got some crazy Kirby crackle going on oh, all over this cover. I had delicious. no idea Michael Golden did Kirby crackle. Me neither. I I thought he only drew large breasts, so I really didn't even know he knew how to. It, it, you don't really Kirby crackle around that area no, of the anatomy no, when you're drawing, so not what it's you do. a little bit crazy. And US One, usually US One has this nice road sign looking feel to it, yeah. and we've got like the outline of the interstate here, but we've got Kirby crackle going on all behind it. It's, it's pretty fantastic. And we've got a truck, and his truck has gone from blue and red to, well, we don't, I guess we don't know because we haven't read the we, issue, yeah. but I have, so. We've got a, a I yellow... Read the, I read the issue just like you told me It's to. like a yellow golden truck driving through Kirby Crackle. It's all pink. And then we've got this crazy, like, lightning guy? Yeah, lightning guy. Ooh. He sort of looks like a lightning... I mean, if I was a Legion fan, and I am, he might look like one of the lightning beasts of Corball. And if you don't know the lightning beast of Corball, I am so sorry. Talk to me after this podcast, and we will make sure you're square on that. Get on it. So we're going to get into this rhyme of the ancient highway mariner. No, highway I, I already man. messed that up. Highway man. <laughs> I'm already trying to change it to the rhyme of the ancient mariner. You see where I'm going there. And maybe, maybe some of these things will play into this book. I mean, this book could be a copy of other stories. I don't know. It, Have, or maybe just the highway man, like, you know, on his horse he did ride. On his horse Sword and ride. pistol by his side. I'm not going to try to be Johnny Cash right now because right. That's, that's a losing game for me. So... We're but go there. you never know. You never know. I will just also share out with our listeners because we do like to point this out. This comic is, of course, pure and was approved by the approved by Comics Code Authority. So you know there's nothing wrong with it, and it could never harm your children. It's safe for them to and digest. It's from, and it's from the '80s, and so I, Jill, just since we do have a live audience, especially, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to guess that there's probably things that are offensive in this book. So literally just be prepared for that because this is a book written in 1983 and there is a character. Well, we'll, we'll get to those. I'm going to say there is a highly likely. Yes. Offensive. It, it's not highly likely offensive. It is straight up. offensive. Straight up offensive. But hey, we're, we're going to go with that. So we've got our first advertisement. We've got Scotty in a Cracker Jack story oh, and Scotty is playing baseball hungry and Unlike me playing baseball, I had a little league average of .087. And my dad was the coach, so I got to keep score and I knew how to keep score. And they had a little chart in the back of the book that showed you your batting average, and it was awesome. And I was so excited, and my batting average was zero for a long time. Zero. And I just kept Goose dreaming, like, bad. and I would add up my number of at-bats, and I kept seeing, like, on the chart, like, if you got one, what your average would be. And so I finally got a hit, and then my batting average was .87. Point, not point eight seven. sorry, point zero eight seven. Let's be very clear. Less than one Less hit than per one. 10 at-bats. And I was very excited. And But it's very clear, like, Scotty, if I had just gotten a hit, I would have got a whole box of Cracker Jack. And if you call it Cracker Jacks, I'll punch you. Cracker Jack. Okay. I don't want to get punched. Because there's have a toy Have you seen Dan's arms? Look at his arms. They're toy big. surprise They're inside. Scary. So, all right. Well, we opened to the first page of... Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner Highway One. Stan Lee presents. <laughs> now, the fact that the fact that we're still one. Jim Shooter is the editor of Marvel Comics at this time. I don't even know if Stan Lee is working Jim for the Shooter. company at this point. 
But we've got Stanley Presents, and Stanley is so proud. We've got Stanley right up here at the front cover of the book because he's gonna present US One. US One. Well, what I do know about US One is I thought US One was just a bad comic series because somebody thought it was a good idea to have trucks drive around in the Marvel Universe and then Sentient talk about the truck, truck drivers. I don't even know if it, did we even find out the sentient truck it, in this? It, I well, mean, it's a truck that he has control. I mean, I he think te he technically has control over it with his robot brain, but I, I, the truck yeah. kind of controls itself, kind of sort of. That's okay. fair. There are robot brains in this book. Yeah, big brain robot man. Well, anyway, we get a front panel and we get a colorful semi speeds across the hellish alien highway as demonic spirits sear the air. Ooh. So, is it an alien highway or is it like the highway to hell? Highway to Denver. It's Denver. Yeah, I okay. can see that. Yeah, yeah. So it is actually. <laughs> and we get this nice. Cut. Actually, I think the art's pretty cool. In oh here. yeah, the I, I very very delicious looking. I, everything is delicious. Well, we have uh, this Jack. written. This is written by uh, Marvel. Uh, you gotta you gotta read read this every single line of this. This okay. is the, okay because okay. this is the rhyme of the ancient highwayman. You know, I think this is important. Okay, written with tongue-in-cheek by Al Mingram. So Al was very proud of this one, based on what he wrote right here in his own credits. We've got penciled with fine technique by Frank Springer, who we'll get to in a moment. Inked with hardly a leak by Mike Esposito. And Mike must have been really proud of this one, because I know with Mike Esposito's long, and, uh, long track record as a fine inker at Marvel Comics, I'm sure this issue of US-1 was his proudest achievement. <laughs> Uh, we've got colored with a brush antique by Paul Becton. We've got edited by a man with a very large beak, Ralph Macchio, and not that Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio, I just make sure the Karate Kid. There was also a Ralph Macchio that was an editor at at Marvel Comics. So I just oh. want everybody. I got confused by that for a while. I was, I was like, I was like, is that Cobra cool? Kai. Yeah, when awesome. I was a kid, I thought like Ralph yes. Macchio edits comics. This is the greatest thing ever. And then he goes on in the movies and yeah, yeah, makes one illegal Pony kick. Boy. He makes one illegal kick and ruins Johnny's entire life. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, it's... And we got supervised with an eye toward critique by Jim Sharpshooter. <laughs> the youngest writer of comics ever, ever. I think. Yeah. I at, mean, what, he was 13 years old? Thumbnailed his own books. You I don't two know. can be that person. And then he became the editor of Marvel Comics and everything was downhill from there. He should have just stuck with writing comics as a 13-year-old and just never come back. So I have to make a, make a note here. Uh, without all of Dan's commentary, every single line rhymed. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm not into rhyming. Around. It's a comic book. But it makes sense because it's the rhyme of the ancient highwayman. All right. Well, we, get, we start out this book, and we are automatically set into a dream sequence, which is fantastic because we don't know what happened in the first two issues. So we're in a dream sequence, and... Let's see, we've got, it's Archer? Um, I'm gonna mess up his name now. I still haven't seen a name yeah, yet. Our, uh, well, it's okay, we don't know his name because yeah. we haven't read the book. So there's a truck driver, yeah. and he has blonde hair and a headband because it's the 80s. 80s. And it's a red Everybody headband, and it's headbands. amazing. Think the Supergirl headband, but way lamer because it's not on Supergirl. Not on Supergirl. And if you don't know the Supergirl headband from the 80s, you're missing out because it's fantastic and everybody needs to see it Super in life. Super good. So what we've got here is we've got a guy and a truck and a robot brain and a woman with a giant whip made <laughs> of motorcycle parts. Yeah. And she's on a really awesome motorcycle, I must add. And we have no idea who this woman is. She's just beating the crap out of him. But what we do find out is our truck driver has a CB skull. So think about this. Just think, if I actually had a real brain, 
and this was translucent, and there was an amazing network of CB radio up here. Because we put like one or two transistors. I don't even think that's that cool. Like if I had a CB <laughs> in my head, I would never need cell phone batteries. I could just talk to everybody on the highway forever. That's true. We would just literally plug me into the cigarette lighter and I'd be ready to go. Could we say you would go ham man? <laughs> oh, he got it. At, you got me. To, that's the first time I broke on this one so far and there'll be many other times. So anyway, our, 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 our hero, hero, hero yes. awakens. And I want you to know, this is the most muscular truck driver I have ever seen in my life. We're talking like blonde haired Rambo here. Like this is amazing. He's got, he's rippling like. Kind of, yeah. Kinda. Kinda. Well, now he has too, way too much hair to way be too much hair. Arnold Schwarzenegger with a headband. Um, I also want you to wear, he wears his headband to sleep. Yeah, cause I mean. Because <laughs> everyone wears You gotta be ready, you never know. Oh, yes. That, that, yeah, that's... Ryu from Street Fighter from yeah. our audience. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, those yeah. of you listening to this podcast and you're not here, we do have some audience commentary, so we'll try to fill it in for you. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so, well, anyway, we've got it going on, and he's, he's got like... Mario in the room with him? And then we, <laughs> then we were finding out... We're, we're, we're meeting oh, some no, of our characters. Papa. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. There's, we've got... He, he wakes up and he screams. Because that is really what it says. Yeah. Y a a a a a a a a a a h. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it is. It is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. We and we get a woman here who we don't know yet, but we're gonna find out about very soon. She says, "My gosh, Papa, that sounds like U.S." Oh, that's his name. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So his name is U.S. Uncle oh, Sam. I think it's Ulysses. I think oh, it's Ulysses. You, yes. Well, we're going to find out. We'll find out. Sure, because I did fine. The research I got to do in an hour and a half for this, I was spot on with this research, I want to tell you all. This so, is usually the course if you're, not, if you're not familiar with the podcast. I may do a little bit of research most of the time. I no, did. he doesn't. He lies. He's, he's so wrong. Well, anyway, uh, we get a woman running in, and she's wiping the head of the man, and we get two more characters running in, and she's like, Oh, I couldn't just, I just couldn't bear the thought of you being hurt. So let's talk a little bit about Mr. Springer. So we had Frank Springer. So I didn't know a lot about Frank Springer, so I went and asked an expert. Bob Hall, if you've never met Bob Hall, comics legend in the comic book hall. Boom, right there. I had fantastic, just walked in the door, Bob Hall. No. <laughs> so, uh, Bob Hall in the comic games room. You have a true legend out there, so if you don't take the opportunity to walk by and say hi to Bob Hall and yeah. introduce yourself, like, please do. I go to Bob Hall and I'm like, we're looking up Frank Springer. We can, we can see that he drew some Nick Fury. Tell us about this man. And he said, oh, oh, it's Bob Hall. Then he went through like seven artists he would compare Frank Springer through, which I'm not going to through, go through on this podcast. But then he said, Frank Springer was a great artist. What he should have been doing was the comics and strips in the newspaper and drew like Mary Worth. Do any, does anybody know who Mary Worth is? And he's like, oh my. Okay, one. So Mary, Mary Worth was like a soap opera comic so basically it was a comic strip and every, you know, Monday through Friday you'd get, or Monday through Saturday, you'd get a new episode of the soap opera and then Sunday you'd get the color wrap up of the soap opera and it usually, they'd either do it monthly or weekly, but they'd end a storyline on Sunday. So you'd get those comic strips. These are totally, I'm going to show you, these totally look like soap opera comics, right? It's, these look like love comics, soap opera comics. And it's really interesting to see Frank Springer doing this, right, in this book. 
where I, I kind of, well, I'm not going to argue with Bob Hall ever, one. No. And, and number two, it <laughs> does very much look like comic strip art. But I do think it's appropriate for the book because this isn't a book with superheroes, theoretically. It's a, well, I guess he's sort of a superhero. He's kind like a mechanical CB head yeah. superhero. So we're rolling around in this book. Well, and we've got the love story, and we're meeting, I guess, the parents. So we've got, yeah, yeah, at least we've met Big Papa. Papa, and we've got unnamed woman and unnamed woman. Okay. Mary. <laughs> so now we get U.S. walking with Big Papa, and Big Papa wears a big red cap that says shortstop on it. And I'm really not sure, is he a baseball player, or does shortstop stand for something else? I think it stands for something oh, else. Oh, I bet that's his diner. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's got to be it. Shortstop diner. So, high road trucking, right? Everybody needs to go to a truck stop, and you truck stop eat. food is the best, it, right? It I mean, literally is. Like, if you ate truck stop food every day, you would totally be the buffet truck driver in the world. I'm, this is clearly what we're getting. No? Like, well, he's he, he, I mean, okay. I'm looking, okay. I see the evidence right in front of me. This it's guy right is there shredded. in US 1. I mean, don't lie to me, comic books. Well, what we find out is we find out the tragic story of Jeff. No. U.S.'s brother. His big you bro. You see what happened is Jeff and U.S. were driving their trucks. Wah, wah. And then they ran into the secret black truck. And the black truck drove by them. And the black truck was, Jeff says, good lord, flashback, it's the highwayman. No, not the highwayman. And the highwayman runs the truck off the road and it goes <laughs> careening off a cliff. And poor Jeff is dead off panel, and only U.S. is left alive. And U.S. says, and there was no trace of Jeff was ever found. I swore I wouldn't rest until I found the highwayman. And then a man in the back of the diner says, excuse me, young fella, because everybody that drives a truck has to have sort of a little southern accent and say things like, excuse me, young fella, because that's how people talk in the south. Or at truck stops. Or at truck stops. Yeah, I've seen. And, and now we get a nice conversation uh, with this old timer. The old timer. And the old timer's telling the story of the highwayman. <gasps> and we have a young dun, dun, truck dun. driver. And he started out, which looks like clearly in the 1920s when <laughs> trucks had a single axle. So basically, a truck used, to, apparently, according it, to this picture, a truck was like a thing with some oil on top. And then it had one axle going down the whole thing. And that held the whole truck together. So I could see where he'd be traumatized. It, it looks like one of those old uh, truck banks you would get at Christmas time as a child that you would play with or not play with because it might be worth a lot of money someday. So those old Hess trucks that my dad used to buy me, like I would get one every year. And I have like 20 of them. Boy. <laughs> it's terrifying. I know, super terrifying. Yeah. And, they, and they're all still in your garage. I know. They, oh, shut up. So <laughs> now, like, we, we find out that the highwayman, he just can't keep up with the young truck driver, so he wants to keep up. And what he does is he goes to a spirit, and he persisted in his church search to find youth, and eventually he found the help he sought. And the demon says to him, because we have to have demons. Yeah. This, is, this progressed very quickly, by the it's way. It's the 80s. This guy wanted Satanic. to be, like, a good truck driver, and now he's, like... Well, anyway, you seek youth and powerful. Whoa, youth and pow power. That's a weird, like, it, there's a I told you, this is the writing is not. wonky. You seek youth <laughs> and power very well. Our master can grant you these boons? Bones? Boons. No, it says boons. Okay, well, again, we have, to, we have to revisit the fact that we have a letter writing a comic book. <laughs> That's true. So, I mean, traditionally. The Who person, was the letter? The, the, no, the person writing the comic book was a letterer. 
to begin oh, with. That's fair. And it's <laughs> so, Michael Higgins. So I don't know Michael Higgins' lettering history. And he must have been one of Marvel's best letterers since I know nothing about his history and he got put on US one. So clearly we're looking at the high quality I mean, they were going after John Costanza for this one, right? Like George Costanza loved his Not work. no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. John no. Okay, okay. No. Well anyway. So what we find out was the price was his soul because that is pronounced. And there's like little, it's not even Kirby crackle. It's just like squiggly lines around it. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. He's a trucker. He's, oh wait, he makes a pact with a demon for his soul to, to be a better some. trucker. To man be the best trucker, because he wants to be the pig. best. No, it's not Man Bear Pig. Man Bear Pig. No, this is completely different. This, this sounds this a lot like Man Bear truck. Pig. No, it doesn't. Okay. Well, Man Bear Pig. <laughs> it's the trucking version of Spawn. That's a good call out. Trucker Spawn. Trucker Spawn. Okay. Maybe young Todd McFarlane was reading US Oh one, my god. And gosh. in his brain, he was like, what can I do that's better than a trucker this that sells his soul to a demon? I can do Spawn. <laughs> We find out the backstory is these 12 issues were his favorite comics. You know, if we had just... So, for those of you in the oh, audience yeah. and our listeners oh, that don't yeah, know, Todd huh? McFarlane owned the comic, comic store in our hometown, Pialop, Washington. And the I Spiders have web. all sorts of early Spawn issues signed by Todd McFarlane yeah. because he would just come to the store hey guys, and we're like, going? kids, and we're like, oh, we'll <laughs> sign your book. This is the greatest. I'm like, who is this guy? Oh, this guy's amazing. He's, he's, a, he's, 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 yeah. he's the new up-and-coming guy. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And his brother-in-law owned the store, so he's we like, just went there. You guys like toys? He's going to start making toys. They're really and cool. And if I could go back in time and just ask Todd McFarlane, Todd, did... Was Spawn inspired by US-1? And he'd be like, hey guys, let me tell you a little inside baseball. Actually, yes, hey, it was. Hey, you know, he'd say, hey guys, um, I know I've let you come to the store for a while, but I don't think you're allowed back. <laughs> yeah, he would, he would be like, so you owe me five bucks. <laughs> well, what we find out is the old timer comes back and he says, no man can beat him, none can escape his grasp. If you manage somehow to survive one encounter with him, consider yourself lucky man bear pig and then he storms out of the door slam exactly dun, dun, dun. all our characters in the diner are going because they don't know what to do by the way that visual i just did was very good for audio it was so good because like he i mean he walks out everybody is stunned and i kind of look like my dog pointing out a squirrel wow. so it was good all right so <laughs> well, we better move through the story because we're going to be here like oh, seven hours. Oh, they are at the shortstop, Dan. Story. Look at that. Oh, wait, the shortstop is the truck stop. I knew it. Okay, you see? Knew it. I got this. I'm reading through this story. Al, I got you. I got your back. I'm covering up this good... I mean, this. I'm not covering up anything. This is phenomenal you're just, you're writing. Just I don't have to cover anything. It. The art is fantastic. I love it. So <laughs> we get... The art is fantastic, actually. So uh, we get, hey, wait a minute, and U.S. runs out after and... He's gone. The old man's gone, gone without a trace. There's no He's truck. nowhere to be seen. In fact, it is just like classic. You want to see it? We've got classic old empty road. I think gone. we probably have run that pay, that little print. That little panel has probably been in like 75 Marvel comics. It's been reused so many times. It's almost like a trauma film with Sergeant Bukaki, or Sergeant Kabuki. I'm sorry, I messed up. What? <laughs> what are you on? Totally different movie. <laughs> You are trying to get me to have to edit this podcast. <laughs> like, this is a live-to-tape show, and you drop that? It's a delicious food dish. Don't look it up. <laughs> it's a noodle Don't dish. Don't look it up. Okay. No, oh, it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's a... It's, 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 yeah. 
It's a ramen dish. Yeah. Other people turn it into other things. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. It's a ramen dish. So, <laughs> all right. So now we get and we meet our cast because we're going to be introduced to a new character. And I'm very excited. <gasps> Uh, New character. We get some characters. They stop in the short stop store. Short stop. Short stop. Truck stop. Short stop. Truck stop. Short stop. Truck stop. And we get. It's so fun to say. Come on, everybody. We meet Taryn O'Connell at your service. And the man who spoke the words of wisdom is Retread. My name is Retread. Just Retread. I'm not going to say what Greg read this as the first time. I'm dyslexic, okay? That's how I got the wrong name on the last thing I said. It's also an 80s book, so we just assumed it was really terrible. And I had to reread this thing a couple of times, and I asked three other people at the table to reread it with me. But it gets worse. Are you ready? We find out Retread is introduced to some other characters. We meet Ed Wheeler, Wide Load Annie, U.S. Archer, and the Hired Help who introduces herself as Mary McGrill. Yes, the same Mary that rushed the U.S. US side as he was, yeah. So, okay. That's, that's wide load Annie. That's, that, I mean, completely, like, that's a name that would roll now. I, yeah, I think a lot, of the, a lot of the names would have to be changed. A lot of, and then situations later. To protect Al Milgram. Changes in the book would definitely have to be made. Well, we're going to skip ahead just a tiny bit here because we've got some nice dialogue like any Mary Worth comic. We've got to sit down and we have a nice diner conversation when we learn about Retread. And then Retread tells him the whole story of the old timer. Old timer whole story. Gives him the download. And we're finding out this old timer might not be such a great guy. So he might be a bad dude. It could happen. So now Retread goes out with U.S. and they get in the giant U.S. 1 truck. And wah, wah. now, remember how it was yellow on the cover when we saw this? Yeah. I, I know you can't see that on the back, but do you see this beautiful blue, red, white, and blue truck? Is this not the greatest truck of America ever? I mean, if I was going to have an America truck in 1983, this would be That's would the truck like, you want to ride in. I think that Ronald Reagan personally rode in and endorsed this truck. And Nancy Reagan made this part of the anti-drug campaign. I mean, just say no. To trucking. <laughs> <laughs> well, as our intrepid heroes, I mean our intrepid truck drivers move down the street, uh, Retread is chatting it up, or actually he's thinking, and we find out that Retread's reverie, because I don't know how they choose the words in this book, but they don't want me to be able to read it, because I don't know if you can say Retread's reverie three times fast. Well, he's Retread. Yeah, that's true. And I would imagine he would say stuff double, double uh, back, because <laughs> it's a Retread. Yeah. <laughs> I just think if you were a truck driver too, retread's probably not the right name. Like, I just, that, I mean, that's not the tires you want. No, you don't. You want, like, new, fresh tires or, or like, yeah, you don't want retreads or double slicks because that's just bad. Well, maybe that's why he's in the passenger seat. He's not a good driver. Well, anyway, as U.S. is going down the road, he's suddenly surrounded by three other trucks <gasps> and people are firing guns at the truck. Oh, no. And we're in real trouble right now. And thank God we are interrupted by a bubble yum. Oh, Ad. So, it's like it's like when you're watching a bad video yeah. on YouTube and it you're pauses. Like, you're like, oh, nobody got hurt. <laughs> and I love bubble yum, and that's yeah. the grape flavor. Yeah, that's. The and the grape flavor. flavor always lasted longer than the strawberry flavor. It, it pretty much did. Did you know it was owned by Nabisco? I'm I shocked. I did not. Who also brought us those drug issues? 
Oh yeah, all those drug issues. Let's not talk about that because I'm going to be sad. That's a dark dark time in the podcast. Everybody, it was a dark time in the podcast. You should go back and listen to them because they're hilarious. I don't know. I I was pretty angry. (laughs) That's why they're hilarious. Well, anyway, we get a giant drug fight. Drug fight? No, No, they're drug fight. Truck truck fight. That comes later. That yeah, Yeah. comes later when they open up the trucks and they find all the drugs. But what we do get is. US-1 is, like, trying to figure out what's going on, and he opens up his radar scope, and his brain communicates with the radar scope, and they find a blimp in the sky. What? A blimp? Yeah, and he, like, the blimp, I guess, is firing down on them and is letting the other trucks know where they're going. So instead of getting, like, a radar plane, they had a blimp. But what you didn't know is just like Batman's utility belt, the US-1 truck has many things it can use to take care of itself. And in this case, he releases smokescreen. And a smokescreen comes up over everything, and it prevents the blimp from tracking them. It's like he's driving Kit from Knight Rider, but in a big truck. But and, Knight Rider also had a big truck. Oh my gosh. And, and then we just in a big truck. And then we flip the page. And, and Oh, hey, I want to get big like Atlas. I know you were wanting more of the story, but Atlas is huge. And you could be a slam dunker, too. And yeah. more importantly, you, could you subscribe can subscribe to Wolverine comics and yeah. other comics for only 42, 42 cents a copy. 42 cents a copy? Man, we could have got US one for 42 cents. Well, this was tough because, <laughs> well, it does say offer expires May oh, 31, 1983. Oh. So okay. you should be very careful there. But what I will say is this comic was 60 cents. And this had just gone up from 50 cents. And if you just went from 50 to 60 cents, you got US one. <laughs> I mean, think of the quality. Whoa. That, like Marvel expands their line just for you. So they can go to 60 cent comics and they could give you this fine book. Wild. All right. So what we now get back to is a whole situation where US-1 finds an encampment of bad guy truckers, and all of those bad guy truckers have a smuggling ring. All the bad guys. And they're just chatting. But because this is like a comic from the 80s, we can't really say that they're smuggling drugs, um, that they're bad guys. Um, we did see some guns, sort of, but it looked yeah. like the pew-pew gunfighter <laughs> from, like, maybe, like, G.I. Joe. Yeah, so it looked like, like laser shots, laser and I was shots. like, whoa, lasers! And, and definitely nobody's dying, because remember, we had the Comics Code Authority on this, which means we can't say that you police are bad, die. we can't say that there are drugs, we no can't drugs. say that they're smuggling, nope. we can't really no. say that anything's bad. And you can't, by the way, with the Comics Code, you can't disparage professions. So, if these folks are truck drivers, then you can't actually say that they're smugglers because they're truck drivers, and right? That's bad. And that's a profession, so yeah. we can't say that truck drivers are bad people. You can't say, then the truck drivers are, no, see, truck drivers are professions, so you can't do that, because we have to make sure that everything's okay. Not because in the 80s. We had to protect people. Well, if you wanted the code stamp. I mean, you could go without the code stamp, but then nobody would distribute your comic books, so. Then you would have to do, like, Robert Crumb books. It's kind of terrible. Well, <laughs> that's a whole other bag. We get our, our heroes have driven the truck, though, up on a rock, oh, yeah. and they're looking down. Looking but down then retread, because he's really clumsy, he slips, and he falls down the entire hill and he, crashes in. <laughs> while firing a pistol. Well, he's... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> well, they're firing pistols at him. Oh, yeah, he's holding firing, one, too. Yeah. He's holding one, too, but it, we find out it's not a real gun. It's a flare gun. But this distraction is fine because US-1, which strangely looks like Optimus Prime, drives down the hill as fast as it can, and there we go. US-1 captures an old man. 
Well, he grabs the old man. He grabs the old man. He's trying he to help was, the old man. He thought the old man was captured by the guys. Because those guys are whooping on Oh, well, on I'm him. spoiling the end. I said he thought... Uh, well, he's whooping... The old man is getting whooped on by everybody. I'm so sorry I spoiled the end. You didn't spoil the old... You didn't spoil anything. Stop. The old man is captured. He's he's getting captured. US-1, uh, he comes in, and he starts whooping on all those guys. And the funniest part, I find... Is like you know we got we got retread sliding down the hill. US one is sitting there and he's like karate like retreads karate kicking people. US one is sitting there and he's got a metal head right. And some dude goes to hit him and it's like bong. And then he's like, oh wait a second. Well, there was another one called clung clung. And then he's like, I'm gonna yeah. just headbutt these dudes. And he's like kaka kaka kaka. And he hits them all with, in the face with his head. <laughs> I know that's a lot. What? Well, he doesn't yeah. want to damage that. Yeah, but but he has to. Well, anyway, we get in a giant fight, and eventually they get piled up on, but US-1 calls the truck. With his brain head! And the truck comes flying at everybody, and everybody scatters because they don't want to be run over by Optimus Prime. I mean, I'm going to get copyrighted. US-1. <laughs> US-1. <laughs> so, <laughs> now we know what inspired the Transformers. It was so good to find this out today. US-1. Yeah. US-1 is the origin. It, it is, is the origin for everything. US-1 is clearly the origin for everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, despite this fight, this... Oh, these bullpen bulletins are great, though. Oh, yeah. I would like to point out that we get a bullpen bulletin from Jim Shooter, not Stanley. And the other thing is, this book isn't old enough to have a letter column. If it was old enough to have a letter column, because we're only in issue three, and your letter column's probably not going to show up till issue four, four and that's probably going to cover issue one. I would have loved to read the reviews of issue one to see what the fans were saying what kind about of this wild, book. crazy yes. stuff are you okay. doing here? <laughs> and, but apparently, like some of the notes, though, and, and, and what we talk about in previous uh, in previous issue or previous uh, episodes, is that a lot of a lot of stuff that's going on in comics history at this time or right before is there's a lot of shakeups going on in the industry in the industry kind of like what we have going on currently. and if you want to know what was going on right now we've got the thing number one which is the issue where thing breaks off from the fantastic four and you eventually get uh she hulk in the fantastic four so actually there was a historically cool thing happening just not this comic <laughs> well i was i was talking more about the changes in edit and the editorial staff at Marvel that was coming over from other comic book companies. Or the Marvel <laughs> people that were all leaving yeah, to go to that, DC that's what because he, they love yeah. Jim Shooter. So so that's what's in the bullpen bulletin is that he's saying, hey, our products are still great. Don't worry. We're going to still put out good books. We're just changing some staff right now. So you're going to see some new names like da-da-da-da-da. Like Larry Hanna. You're, <laughs> Your favorite, well, yeah, Larry anyway. Hammett. <laughs> well, which was great. I love that. Was probably great. Well, and we get an ad for Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. What? Which, yeah, there we go. Oh wait, that's not. <laughs> well, isn't it funny that the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons was in the book about demon truckers? So demon I mean, truckers. Because you all know those people that played D and D in 1983 were probably murdering people in parks. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Side I mean, note. That's what the news said when I was little. Well, and that's what and that's what the Tom Hanks movie all about D&D was about. It was if you go into a cave with your friends, you're going to have a bad time playing D&D real life and you might kill a friend thinking they're a, a goblin. Well, I can't wait. We're to the last page and this wrap up is fantastic because you're not going to believe this. We get a freaking Scooby-Doo wrap up. Wow. Yeah. So literally the old man they grab him and they pull his mask off. No. And he's nothing. He's nothing. He was never there. Because 
This is how Megrams best work. How much involvement do you think the Ralph Macchio, the editor, had in this? Was I, was was Ralph Macchio just like going back to him and saying, "Yeah, can you rewrite page nineteen? Because we wanted a Scooby Doo ending. Just fix it, make the Scooby Doo ending, and right, like, wrap it up so we later on. In, we had an we had an ending where Johnny Cash and the Highwaymen show up and they start singing songs, and that was gonna happen. But instead, we got a Scooby Doo ending. Well, that's what happens when you sell your soul to a demon to well, become the best of the best. Well, what we find out by the end of this book is that U.S. has won a mask and a shirt because he pulled them off, and he gets to end the show with it. He gets to wear it. I mean, like the a comic skin with it. suit that everybody. Wait, oh, that's what? another. That, I mean, <laughs> this is the inspiration. You are one hundred percent correct. Um, in fact, George Lucas read this comic in 1983 went back in time and was inspired to write the Obi-Wan character for Star Wars. Because US-1 is the inspiration for all other things. Lives in the desert. Well, the good news <laughs> is at the end of the story, Retread comes back and says, woo-hoo! <laughs> yeah. Finally got the flames out. From when he it. slid down the hill because his himself, butt oh, he, was on fire? No, he set himself on fire with a flare gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was from sliding down the hill when his butt was no, on fire. No, no, he fired the flare gun and set himself on fire. And he goes, ah, no, I'm on fire. I think it could be either way. I mean, there's room for interpretation here. Uh, he, I set think us, he set himself on fire. Well, anyway, US-1 says at the end, he says, about the story the old man told us about the highwayman selling his soul to the devil and becoming immortal for a price, I can't help but wonder how much of that story was true. Oh. The end. Dun, dun, dun. And we get a nice ad for Epic's Coyote written by Eng Steve Englehart, which was probably a lot better than this book and probably nobody bought. And also a follow-up ad for the network game Tron. Well, he focused in on Tron, oh. and I focused on sell as many greeting cards as you can so you can have epic prizes from the Olympic Sales Club. <laughs> Never worked for me because I didn't know enough people in the neighborhood. Well, as we start to wrap this one up, we've got an ad for the Kool-Aid Man. Oh, yeah. Somebody played. Who played the Kool-Aid Man game? You? I did. Yeah. It was on the Atari. I have it. So, well, I got the Atari. So I was maybe, I hate to admit this to an audience. Like, <laughs> we were so poor, I didn't get an Atari until the Nintendo came out, and I had to buy it from a friend for $15. And then I got whatever games with it. So if I got a free game, I was pretty excited. Games. <laughs> like I wore out some Joust because somebody gave it to me for free. Joust is a solid game still. Joust though. is a solid game still. So is Cubert. Those Q -Bert were some big fan games. Pac-Man ported over to the Atari. Not so great though. But Kool-Aid Man, I'm going to tell you, not one of the greatest games in history. E.T.'s even better. Good premise. Good <laughs> premise. A, lot. a whole game where you break through like barriers. I mean, that's pretty basic Atari gaming right there. But what this is also advertising is Marvel Comics: The Adventures of Kool-Aid Man. And let me tell you. As we've told our listeners, if you brought us a copy of US-1, we'd review it. If you bring me a copy of The Adventures of Kool-Aid Man, oh. I will definitely review The Adventures of Kool-Aid Man. I will even do research on the authors and the writers and figure out why in the world they ever decided to do Adventures of Kool-Aid Man. My guess is a paycheck. Okay, so uh, just so you know, we're at Ocon, we're in Nebraska. Well, we're not in Nebraska, but we're basically right. in Nebraska. Yeah. It's, it's across like, the, it's literally like across the, the river. We're like in Nebraska North, like, known like, as Iowa. Yeah. We're like what? But, and there's a Kool-Aid Man Museum. Kool-Aid Man Kool Museum. And we Kool need to go there. I'm just going to okay. bust through the wall and say, oh, yeah. Oh, Kool-Aid style. Wait. Yeah. yeah. 
Kool-Aid style? Kool-Aid style? I don't think he said that. Well, <laughs> the bigger question is, is the Kool-Aid man the, the, the glass or, the, the, or is it the, the drink? I don't understand. It's like a human. I think it's disturbing. So if like the Kool-Aid. Take, if, you take, if you take one away, do you still have the Kool-Aid man? Well, or no, because both? it's like the Wonder Twins, which was always disturbing. Like, like he made himself into like ice cubes and Gleek would bring a pitcher and then they drink the Kool-Aid out of the ice that Zan was in. That's gross. They were like drinking Zan. And that's what the Kool-Aid man is like. That's why he's so happy. You are what you eat. Well, we should wrap this up. We, we should, we should, we gotta wrap this thing up. We do have so. to wrap it up, but we do, you, you buried the lead as to why US1 was made in the first place. Because we talked a lot about advertising that in this true. episode. We talked a lot about the advertisements in the book, and we talked about the Kool-Aid Man game and the advertising in the... All right, so Tycho Slot Cars thought it would be a great idea to take something they made in 1979 as a toy and have Marvel Comics make it into a comic in 1983. Except there's no reference to the slot cars or anything in the actual book. Just a magical truck. So basically, like, if it was four years later and you, I guess you were lucky enough to find those US-1 toys, then you could go back in time as a kid back and be inspired in to. But I don't see anything in this comic that tells me to go look for US-1 toys, which is really off the mark. Because within a, I think within a year and a half, I think it was 85, we'll get Star Comics line in Marvel Comics and we'll get all sorts of things like the Care Bears and things like that in comics. Yeah. So instead of doing something Wizard. like this, Marvel just goes ahead and embraces it and runs the star line and just says, well, we're just going to be an advertising line for toys. So it, it, this is, I guess, the first attempt, but not the best because you, you I, I don't say the Care Bears comics are good, but at least they were written for kids and at least they had, you know, met their mission of advertising the thing. Yeah. Do you think Jim Shooter learned from that when he made Secret Wars to sell Marvel Okay, the question was, do we think Jim Shooter learned from that to use Secret Wars to make Marvel toys? No, Jim Shooter learns from no one because he's Jim Shooter and he knows everything. That's true. He doesn't need to learn from people because he's so smart. Like, someday I'm going to go get Jim Shooter's autograph and he's like, I heard you quoted as saying I never learn from anybody <laughs> because I know everything. And I'm going to lay out, yeah, Mr. Shooter, that's true. That's why I want your autograph. I have his autograph because he was here for... He was uh, a guest for Free Comic Book Day here in Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I actually am a little bit jealous of that so because jealous. I would be going and getting my Adventure Comics Legion stuff signed by Jim Shooter, so I'm a bit jealous of that. I did see that Jim, Jim Shooter was out and around, so I am sort of anxious to get his podcast, but I feel like my conversation as a Legion fan with Paul Levitz is going to go very different than it does with Jim Shooter. So, one, yeah. But, you know, admittedly, without I don't want to just keep picking on Jim Shooter because his run at Marvel yeah. as the editor wasn't great. He tried, but I will give him some credit. He tried the, it was the new, I said in the last episode, but that new line, whatever comics, and he tried to do some new superheroes like Starbrand mm -hmm. and did try to get some things out there. Yeah. He did do a few things. So at least Jim Shooter tried to do some things, I will say that. And, you know, you got to give props to somebody who was 14 year old, 13 years old yeah. when they wrote their first comic book and they actually sent it into a publisher with full, there DP we go, DP7, with <laughs> Full thumbnails. So if you don't know Jim Shooter's history before he became an editor, pretty fantastic that he could do all the thumbnails and everything as a comic book, you know, writer. And then have, you know, famous people like, you know, the most famous Superman artist ever drawing over Jim Shooter. Yeah. So that's, you know, when when Swan draws over you, that's pretty amazing. So I mean, the fact that he was he was draw he was he was doing all that while he was going to to high school, going to 
bouncing around going from to college, junior high. Ju- yeah, junior yeah. high, high school, college. But then you know. no, then he went to college. He left the industry and he came back. But you know, this is what you have to do sometimes. And then he went to DC. And then he went to Marvel to be the editor. Yeah, because I mean, that's yeah. a pretty good career. Because he had a business degree, so now he can be an editor. That's and what you as if do. you if you were, and for those of you in the workforce. As we all know, if you have a business degree, that makes you qualified to be in charge automatically. So just note to yourselves, if you want to be in charge, get a business degree, then that makes you in charge, even if you don't know what you're talking about. So that's the perfect way to do this. That's how you do it. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this puppy up. Greg, do you have anything to plug on this podcast? Um, well, as always, uh, Junior Biz of the Apocalypse is a, a book that I write with Michael Tanner. And if uh, if you're here at the Ocon, you can come find us at our table. But if you're not... Well, they're not going to be at the I'm, Ocon. Well, they are here. These, they are, folks, are here you, these the folks are here the at the Ocon. The people listening to this they, uh, next Wednesday are not going to hear this well, I know, at the Ocon. I, so I they're was, not going to know we're at the Ocon. That's why we advertise the Ocon on every other podcast before this one. So I, you were doing good with the plugs, but then you plugged something that we're already doing that people won't be able to do after they hear this. Womp womp. I know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we well, could. I was well, you could come say, to the next year's Oak. Yeah, and then okay. find us here. So look in the future. <laughs> so when you're listening to this like a year from now, because you're listening to our podcast, then you yeah. could, and you're re-listening to it every week because it was so amazing, you can come back to Ocon the next year. Yeah, exactly. Do you have anything else to plug? Well, Starlight Issue 6 is... is Starlight getting, Issue 6 will be on Kickstarter. Uh, we don't have a date exactly yet, so you got to come to our Facebook page, our Instagram or you could go to Overcast Comics and oh, you yeah, could buy the, the first five oh, PDFs uh, and you know read the series and then get involved in it. And by the way, really, I'm not just saying this because Greg's my friend. Uh, issue five, we reviewed it last episode and uh, I read it and couldn't go to sleep for an hour because I was thinking so much after reading the issue. And for those of you that listened to the last podcast now, so this won't be a spoiler, if you catch the reference, you'll get it. When we signed in to do the podcast, I logged in as Annie Wilkes just to let Greg know how I thought about him reading that book. I was scared as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we want to also, like we always do, plug plug the store, the Retro Emporium in Kent, Washington. If you are stopping by, visit Anne and... You'll often see Greg there, too, and relive your childhood. So thanks so much for listening to this one. I hope you had fun with it. And uh, if I know I can't find it, so you're going to have to find the book because this isn't available anywhere to actually read electronically. And I just can't imagine why Marvel hasn't prioritized putting this fine book up electronically so people can find it to read it. So, so there will be no link to this book in the podcast notes. I'm sorry. Um. And that's it. Bye, Greg. Say goodbye. Bye, 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 Greg. Say goodbye, Greg. I'm trying to. Do you do you know where the button is? Yeah.